Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to all of our campuses, all of you watching online, wherever you are. It's a good day, isn't it? Man, it's, uh, no? No? You don't think so? Well, I think it's a good day. Um, uh, let me just say to Aaron and Reagan Frizzell, our campus pastors at Frisco West Campus, uh, next weekend is their last weekend as campus pastors. They're still going to be a part of Hope uh, as, uh, as attenders, but they're moving on in their ministry as, as health coaches. And so Aaron and Ray, Reagan, I just want you to know how much I love you, uh, appreciate you, and I'm, I've been honored to work with you. And if you know them, next Saturday, or this coming Saturday, sorry, this coming Saturday at the Frisco West Campus, 6.30 to 8.30, there's a come and go, just a reception for them. Uh, next weekend, he'll be speaking at the Frisco West Campus. So uh, if you want, to, if you know them at all, man, go say hi, hug their necks on Saturday night, uh, or go to the West Campus and, and, and uh, uh, support them. But we love you guys. Can we give them a, a big love from Hope Fellowship? Man, we love you guys. Thank you. Thank you for serving. Today, start a brand new series creatively called Summer Series. So um, in this series, let me just tell you where we're going. Two weeks, we're going to be uh, talking about how to Bible. In other words, what, how to read, understand, and apply the Bible. And then after the two weeks is Father's Day. I'll be speaking Father's Day. And then I start a brand new series on Hebrews. Okay? So summer series, kind of all one series. But before we dive into uh, reading the book of Hebrews together and studying that together for the rest of the summer, I, I think it would be important for us to kind of step back for a second and, and just make sure that we all have the tools we need to properly read, understand, and apply the Bible. Because that's a very important understanding. Many misinterpret things from the Bible, and it leads us to error. It leads us into a, uh, an understanding that is not really scripturally based in the context, the culture, the, even the literature of the Bible. And we uh, interpret it, if we all interpret the Bible the same exact way for every little thing, the Bible is a compilation of many books, and they're written in different literary forms. So there is uh, history, there's poetry and so forth, and, and prophetic and then the Gospels and the, and the Epistles. So when we look at the Bible, we got to learn how to interpret in context what Scripture was saying to the hearers originally, and then what is it saying to us? What can we learn? How can we apply it to our lives? And that's easier said than done. Let me give you straight up some tools to help you. The first one is the Bible Project, Bibleproject.com, this is an, an awesome uh, resource to learn how the Bible came together and it, how to interpret the Bible, how to read it in context, eisegesis, exegesis, hermeneutics, so forth. Um, it's called Bibleproject.com, and what I want you to do, there's many, many studies in this, I want you to go to how to read the Bible. That's the study. It's got like eight five-minute videos or seven-minute videos, and it's just great material for you to kind of, you know, read, study, listen 
to how do we read, understand, interpret, and apply the Bible. The second resource is, I've given you this many, many times over the years, Haley's Bible Handbook. The deluxe edition is only for Hope Fellowship. Everybody else gets the regular edition. Hope gets the deluxe, I'm kidding. Um, But go online, wherever you get books. It's not very expensive, but it is an exhaustive, I say exhaustive, but it is a lot of information. It's not a book to read front to back. It is a book of resource. In other words, how did the Bible come together? The canon of the Bible, the Old and New Testament, what does it all mean? How do we interpret it? Great stuff. It's not long, but each section gives you a thorough thorough understanding of, of really how to read the Bible. So your homework for the summer is two things, two things, how to read the Bible, Bible project, and then get or order Haley's Bible handbook, and, and I promise you, I promise you, I'm going to trust that you're going to do this, because what I intended to do was give you a lot of details of the Bible today, but I, I kind of changed my, my approach and, and said, I really want to go to a passage of Scripture and, and look at the lenses, the spiritual lenses that we look at the Bible, and, and I think it's going to really help us today, by the way. But I'm going to trust you to go and do your homework. This will help you. It will give you a lot of information that I can't give you in 30 minutes, but it will bring some great stuff to you and to your family. You can watch it together, uh, the videos on Bible Project, or you can read it together, uh, the Haley's Bible Handbook. Okay, so that's that. Let me tell you where we're going today. Um, I'm going to give you some, some information, some quotes about the Bible that I think are really foundational for us to understand. Then we're going to go to our foundational scripture only one scripture as far as our foundation, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Then I'm going to give you four observations of that scripture and, 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 the, and actually, you know, kind of the lenses that we need to, to look at, read, interpret, and apply the Bible because it makes a difference that you understand how to do that so that you're not just, let's just say, uh, you're trying to make a decision in life and you're trying to decide whether or not you're going to take a job in Oklahoma City or San Antonio, okay? And you don't know. You're, I mean, they're both same pay. It's like, well, where do I go? Um, and so you decide, I'm going to go to the, his word and you just close your eyes and open the word of God to some random page and you point your finger to a scripture and it's in the Old Testament, it says, go south to the Negev, and there you will find your blessing. And so you move to San Antonio instead of going to Oklahoma City based on that. Can I just tell you, now you may base your decision on that, you can do whatever you want to, but that's not a right way to interpret, understand, and read the Bible. And many, listen, many of us do that. Many of us are like, oh, let's see today, I don't know where to read, something's gonna, and that's okay, I mean, the Bible's good, right? So anytime you read it, it's great. But sometimes we personalize it and we misinterpret and it leads us to error and then it leads us to disappointment because we were wrong to begin with. Does that make sense? So today what I want to do is let's let's help all of us understand uh, better how to look at the the scripture, okay? Uh, First quote. First quote is this. What we believe that the Bible is not, we, or we believe that the Bible is not an account of human effort to find God. So it's not our effort to go to the remote place on earth that's peaceful, 
the mountains or the beach or the rivers or whatever, and we just sit there on a rock and we search for God. We believe that the Bible is not an account of human efforts to find God, but rather an account of God's effort to reveal himself to humanity. It, the scripture is a story, it is the story of God, not the story of man. It is his story, and we are in that story. It's not our story, and he is in our story. It is his story, and we are in his story. Very foundational to understand this. Second, and that's from uh, uh, Haley's Bible Handbook. Okay? Now, the second quote comes from a theological book, which is awesome. I really encourage you, the exploration of Christian theology. It's really simple. It's long, and it's not a read front to cover. It's a resource. But here's another quote. Scripture is special revelation. It's not just like any other book in the world. Great books out there. It is a special revelation inspired by God and authoritative. In other words, there there are things that we're called as believers to do. There are ways in which we approach God this way and then this way that are authoritative with regard to matters of belief Value and practice. Scripture functions like a light aided by the Holy Spirit guides people as they seek to love God and others with truth, compassion, and justice. That's Don Thorson. Now, the central theme of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, the story of God is the theme, this is the theme, Jesus. He is the story from Genesis to Revelation. He is the central theme. As we look back in Scripture, in the Old Testament, the Old Testament looks forward to the cross. As we read New Testament, we're reading backwards, and we're going, oh, this this is how we're made right with God. This is important that we understand that Jesus is the theme. And the reason I say this, I want to go to Colossians chapter 1 and the in-depth view of Christ that Paul gives us. Colossians chapter 1, here's what it says. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed, Christ, existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all, who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, through Christ, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Jesus is the central theme. Everything is about how Jesus took what was broken in God's creation 
because of sin. And he reconciled us to the Father, forgiving us completely of our sin. God's wrath for sin came upon Jesus on the cross. And Jesus bore that sin, all of our sin, past, present, and future, on the cross so that we could be reconciled, forgiven, redeemed by Jesus. He's the theme. So as we look at those quotes, that it's a story of God, not of man. That the practical application of this Bible, the scripture, teaches us our relationship. How do we function? How do we get right with God? And how do we uh, get right with others? How do we treat one another? Practical application. And the central theme is Jesus. Now, foundationally, I want to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. We're going to look at just one verse, and we could be in this verse for weeks. But I want to look at this one particular verse, and again, spiritual lenses set aside, we're, we're putting them on and we're saying, okay, this is how we look at Scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, let's read. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now, the, the main thing here is inspired by God, and usually that's what we take out of this. It's inspired by God. The Bible is inspired by God, and it's useful, and it's, and it's powerful, and so forth. I want us to, to realize what is in this passage, because what's in this verse is how we look at Scripture. Here's what I mean. Here are the four observations. First one is doctrine. I'll talk about this in a second. Second one is self-awareness. How do we see God? How do we understand God and all there is to know about it? And how do we see ourselves? How do we understand how far we are from where he is? Third is correction and instruction. And then fourth is equipping. So these are the, this is the lens at, at which we look at all Scripture. All Scripture is God-breathed, inspired by God, and it's useful to help us understand doctrine, awareness of ourselves, instruction and correction, equipping. Let's dive into the first one, doctrine. And I'm going I'm to try to go quick, but I want us to understand that when you read Scripture, you need to put these lenses on. You need to read the Scripture and say, what is it saying about God? What is it saying about me? How, is it, how am I supposed to adjust to it? And, and what is it doing in me, what, preparing me? How is it equipping me? First one is doctrine. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 again. Let's just read that first part. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. So we, we get our revelation of God. What do we believe about God? What do we believe about Jesus? What do we believe about the Holy Spirit? What do we believe about eternity? What do we believe about salvation? What do we believe about uh, the church? What do we believe about baptism? What do we believe about whatever? All of it we find in Scripture. So it's inspired and it's useful to teach us how we relate to God. Psalm 119, 130 says it like this, the teaching of your word gives light so even the simple can understand it. There's so many verses that I could go, but I'm gonna stop there and, let, and, and just put this on the screen so that you understand that when you read scripture, here's what we need to be asking ourselves. As we read God's word, how is it helping us understand God better? 
What is his story? What, what are we reading right now? And how is it helping us understand the character, the story, the theology of God? That's doctrine. It's useful to teach us what is true. Now, second is this understanding of self-awareness. Now, I don't mean this in the humanistic point of view. In other words, oh, uh, every time we read Scripture, it's all about me. It's always about me. It's always about me. No, 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 it's not. We're in the story. What I mean by self-awareness is this. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16. Read the next part of that verse. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, doctrine, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. In other words, when we read Scripture, it helps us understand or become aware of where we are and how far we are from God in the sense of standard. In other words, it helps us to understand what is wrong in our lives. Let me give you Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. I've read this 500 times here at Hope. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, The Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit. What does that mean? Between what we want and what he wants. There is a path that seems right to man, but in the end, it is destruction. That's soul. When we go off of what we think or what we feel, we get off track. There is a wide road that seems right, but it leads to destruction. There is a narrow road, but it leads to eternal life, spirit. Guys, when we read Scripture, it helps us become aware of the things in our lives that are wrong. And it helps us discern between what God wants and what we want. Many things that we want. How many understand that, that there are a lot of things that you want that you don't need? that you should not have. If you eat ice cream every meal, how many understand you may want that, you may desire that, but how many understand that's not a good diet, that's not good for you, but if you don't read scripture, if we don't read scripture, we won't know. We'll just do what seems right. Ah, that's what I want. My, my granddaughter Lucy, we had her uh, she spent the night, and Milo, my grandson, now he's little, he's seven months old, six months old, but Lucy's three, and you know what? She has problems eating. She wants to eat the chips. She wants to eat the chocolate. And I'm saying, hey, here's your hamburger, here's your hot dog, which is, by the way, really healthy, but, <laughs> right? But she don't want that. I'm, and I'm not making fun of her, and I'm, and I'm exaggerating. She wants chocolate. If I gave, if, if, if it was up to her, I'd put a Hershey kiss on her plate or five of them and that would be good to go. But we know better. Now she doesn't know better until she grows and then she'll know better. Word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Have you ever read the scripture? After you become a Christian and, and you didn't know that something was wrong, you didn't realize that, that jealousy was unhealthy for you, it was wrong, you didn't realize that greed and, and having more does not satisfy, you didn't realize that the way that you treat people and the, what you say matters on social media too, matters. That's what scripture does, it exposes 
our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. When you read scripture, you're not, you can't hide. It, this is God's revelation, and he says, hey, this is the way I want you to walk. He's not mad at you. He's just saying, hey, this is the way I designed you. This is the way to walk. This is the way to act. This is the way you live. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. That happens as we read scripture. Let me put this on the screen. Uh, so, so, so that when you read, you put your spiritual lenses on, this is what we're looking for. You ready? As we read God's word, how is it helping us become aware of the things that we want versus the things that God wants? So when we read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, when we read Paul's letters, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, when we read uh, Jude or First Peter or Second Peter or John, uh, the book of Revelation or the Gospels, when we read, how is it making us aware of what we want, soul, and what he wants, spirit? Third, third lens that we look at the scripture, doctrine, self-awareness, and then third is correction and instruction. Let's go back to Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Let's read the next part. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, doctrine, and is, and is able, or it is, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, self-awareness. It corrects us, listen, when we are wrong and it teaches us or instructs us to do what is right. Now this is, it's one thing, listen, how many have ever read scripture and you know uh, what is wrong and right about something, whatever that is? You know that it's wrong to do something, that's awareness. You're aware that, hey, what I'm doing is not right. But it's another thing to adjust to the correction. It's another thing to not only be aware of, oh, man, I'm a sinner. But many of us just kind of rest on that saying, oh, thank God, uh, I'm saved by grace, so I can just do what I want because you're missing the point. We adjust we align ourselves with God's will, and how do we know God's will? We read a scripture, and if you never read a scripture, if the only time that you hear scripture is here on the weekend, you're missing a ton of instruction. Again, this is not in a judgmental way. It's not like I'm trying to get you into you know, you know, legalism here. It's just a matter of God designed and wired us and created us a way in which he knows the best way of how for us to live, the most profitable way, the most purposeful way for us to live. And when we get out of that, we don't live purposeful. We don't live in his will. We live outside of that. It's not that you're not saved and not that you're a Christian, but you keep going round and round a mountain, round and round relationships, round and round with your finances, round and round with sin, round and round with whatever. And what, what's the thing? It, it's because we're not adjusting to the awareness that we have about our lives and how far we are from God, so we adjust by a scripture. Now, again, I'm gonna say something that's very, very important in just a few minutes, so I want you to keep that in mind. But we adjust this. Let me, let me read a, a few scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Same book, Paul tells this to, says this to, to Timothy. Preach the word of God. Teach the word of God. Let the word of God come alive. That's why I read so much scripture to you every weekend. I don't tell a ton of stories. 
I, t- I just go to Scripture and let the Scripture, because I want you to understand, I want you to get it, because it's powerful. Preach the Word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently, in other words, hey, whether you like it or not, right? There's things, there, how many know there, don't raise your hand, but there are things that I say that you don't like. But in your heart of hearts, most of the time, I'm right. Because I'm the most knowledgeable person in the room. <laughs> kidding. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct through his word. We patiently correct. Not, not judgmentally, not hellfire and brimstone. Some of us were raised that way. Not, not, that's not the way you correct people. Yelling at them, almost glad they're going to hell. You know, so you know what I'm saying, those old time, pre- and that's, that's fine, but I'm just gonna say, that's not what the scripture says. He says, patiently correct, but yet, yet correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Here's what Jesus said about it. Matthew 7, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, here's what he says, very last thing he says. He's reading chapter five, the Beatitudes, Chapter five, you are salt, you are light. Chapter six, you've heard it said, you've heard it said, you've heard it said. Get to chapter seven. Here's the last thing he says. Anyone who listens to my teaching, so I just taught you a bunch of stuff about the kingdom. I've I've taught you a ton of things in the last 30 minutes or hour, whatever, how long it took him. Then he says this. Now, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. In other words, who listens to my word and follows it is wise, wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on my words, not our feelings, not the way we think. This is what feels right to me. No, 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 don't trust that. You, You go to his word. And then you're built on the rock. And when the challenges of life come, when the difficulty, when the trials of life come, the winds, the storm, and all that beat against the house, because you're fixed on his word, not your feelings, but you're fixed on his word, you're going to stand. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the challenges come, the house collapse, collapses because you're not built on his word. You're built on yours. Psalm 119, 105 says it like this. Your word is a lamp unto my, or a guide for my feet and a lamp, light for my path. Different translations say it different. But your word is a lamp. His, guys, his word is like the, if you wear that little flashlight on your head, if you're hiking at night or in a cave or whatever, and you let, that's what his word is like. It's just like, it, it, oh, that's where I should go. The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. How do you know that? How do you know the steps of the righteous? You go to his word. His light, that word is shining right before you so that you know where to walk. And if you're never reading, if we're never reading scripture, then what happens? We go by our feelings. We go by what seems right to us. And eight times out of 10, you're gonna be wrong. Hope, hope probably six out of 10. But other churches around us, it's gonna be eight or nine out of 10. <laughs> They're gonna be wrong. Let me put it on the screen like this. Uh, no, uh, how, lenses. As we read God's word, how is it correcting and instructing us? It's not only right to uh, be aware of the wrong in our lives, then we adjust ourselves to 
correction, and instruction. Make sense? Now, okay, before I go on, remember I said I was going to say something that's really important? First one is doctrine. Second one is awareness of really how far, you know, we are. And third is instruct or correction and instruction. Now, all of those lead to number four. But it's important before I get to number four that you know this. We are not learning truth about God, theology, doctrine. We're not learning truth about ourselves and what's going on here. We're not only learning how to correct and adjust ourselves so that we are in line with his will and his word so that we can walk in purpose. So all of that, hear me, hear me. Right theology, right doctrine, um, uh, awareness of ourselves and our sin, correcting our walk and getting in line with him. We do all of that. Listen to this. This is so important. We do all of that not to be accepted by God. In other words, God's not saying this. Listen to me. God is not saying this. Hey, 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 you need to understand me and my relationship. You need, to, you need to be aware of how wrong and bad you are, and you need to adjust so that I will accept you. Guys, maybe you were raised that way. Wrong theology. All of us, everybody look at me, whatever campus, online, I want everybody look at me. We are made right with God. We are accepted by God, not because we adhere to the scripture or read the scripture or adjust and, and correct ourselves and you know, do what We are accepted by God because of what Jesus did on the cross, period. He took upon himself our sin so that when we look at the word and we realize that we are made right with God, not because we get on our little spiritual uh, uh, bicycle, uh, you know, our, our, our exercise bicycle, and we pedal, 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 spiritually speaking, so that God will accept us, so that God will love us, so that we can be holy enough, clean enough. Guys, you're gonna pedal for a long time and never, uh, never be accepted because of that. So what I'm saying is, we don't get right uh, doctrine and theology and, and awareness of ourselves and, and correct those things so that we'll be accepted by God. We are accepted by God because of what Jesus did on the cross. And that's a good place to say, man, John, good, good preach. Amen. That's a good place to say amen right there. Just in case you were wondering. The first, thank you for the claps over there. The first three, doctrine, awareness, and correction, lead us to number four. Equipping. Let me read it. Second Corinthians, I mean, Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16. Let's read it all. Again, now read it with me, not, not out loud, because that gets all messy. Underneath your breath, read it with me. Just read it with, your, with me. All scripture is inspired by God, and it is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses all of this. He uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. What, what, what am I getting at? The reason it's so important that we're reading Scripture and we're, we're making adjustments in our lives to that Scripture 
is not so that we'll be holier and so that we will be better accepted by God because of it. We're doing that so that we can be representatives of him to this world. Equipping and preparing us to do the good work. Jesus said it like this at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 16, in that area. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is if salt has lost its flavor? You are the light of the world, but not hidden light. You don't hide that light. You let it shine so the whole world can see. And when they see it, they'll see your good works, and they will glorify God in heaven. Not good works to be accepted by God. We're accepted because of Jesus. Good works so that the world, does this make sense to you? Now, I'm hoping it like, that's why I shouldn't post that on social media. Yes, you're right. Because we are God's light. We are his representatives. He's preparing us not to be holy for his sake. Where He's preparing us to be his representative, to do the good works. Ephesians 2.10 says it like this. Paul says it like this. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Another, this is so good, guys. Let me put it on the screen like this. As we read God's word, how is it equipping us to represent him better? Guys, that's why it's so important that we're getting corrected and we're saying, oh, I should, when Paul says, when we read this in, in Ephesians, it says, encourage one another with your words. Don't curse one another. Don't discourage one another, but encourage people with your words. Encourage Democrats. Oh, yeah, I'm going there. Here we go. Encourage Republicans. Encourage everyone. Does this make sense? Patiently, we correct one another. Through his word, as Paul tells Timothy, hey, you're the pastor, man. Use his word to patiently correct and rebuke. Not with anger. In fact, let me put something on the screen that that really represents, going back to question number one, when we read scripture, how does it help us understand God better? Let me read one passage, Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Ooh. How many need that, right? How many need his patience? His tolerance. His kindness. But then, man, we are so quick to not be patient, kind, and tolerant to others. Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that it's his kindness? Another translation says it like this. It is his, God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Not his anger. It's his kindness that leads us to understanding that, hey, I don't need to live this way. It's his kindness, people. 
Guys, this is so important. We live in a, in, a, in, a, in a season of time right now as believers in Christ, followers of Christ. We live in such an important season that as believers, we're putting his kingdom first above everything else. His kingdom above our opinions his kingdom above our feelings. His kingdom, we're representing him. And guys, there are many times we are not great representatives of him because we're so fascinated and fixed on fixing America rather than kindly representing Jesus to Americans. And you understand the kingdom is... Thank you. You understand the, listen, the, the kingdom doesn't have borders. I love America. I love the Olympics. How many love the Olympics? And I'm like, yeah, go. Because it's, it's in fun. But over, over my love and appreciation for America is, America is, is the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom. Guys, church, hope, that's what his word does for us. It helps us become aware of how far sometimes we are from where we should be. Not because he's mad at us, not because he's trying to say, oh, well, you know what, you didn't read enough, so you're not coming to heaven. Or if you get here, you're going to be in the back 40, you know, because... It's his kindness that he says, no, 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 no I, don't, I don't want you to represent me that well, that way. I, I don't. I, I, can, I can handle America. I can handle the world. How many know, how many believe that God is sovereign and he is all-powerful and he can handle whatever's coming, gas prices? Can I tell you, he can, he can handle that. God's good. He is, he's got everything. He's not freaked out. He's not jumping up and down around the throne going, Jesus, what do we do? What do we do? I didn't mean that to be disrespectful of, of God. I mean, I'm just saying he is at peace of all the people on the planet who should be at peace, who should be loving and kind and gentle and all those things that Scripture teaches us. And I know some of you are mad at me right now. That's okay. You're wrong. But I love you anyway. He loves us, and he wants us to love the world. Okay, so that's what Scripture does for us. Now, if you're here today, wherever you are, whatever campus, and you've never accepted what Jesus did on the cross for you and for me. In other words, as we read Scripture, we, we understand the theological or the doctrinal things that are going on between us and God. And as we read scripture, it tells us God's heart for us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus is the center. That whosoever would believe would have eternal life. If you've never believed, can I just tell you, if you never, maybe no, nobody's ever told you this, God's not mad at you. He took his wrath out on Jesus on the cross. Read the scripture. He took his wrath out on Jesus on the cross for sin. That is covered. 
He's not mad at you. He's just kindly and gently saying, hey, I got a better way for you. I got plans for you here, and I got eternity for you. Maybe you've never done that. It's his kindness that you're here today. It's his kindness that he says, I love you. Come on. I got better things for you. Let's get aligned with him. And the only way to do that, guys, is if we allow the Scripture to help us theologically understand our relationship and the story of God, we become aware of who we are and who we're not. We correct and instruct ourselves by his word so that we'll be equipped and prepared to do the good works. Not for him necessarily, but for those who are watching us in your school, at your work, in your neighborhood, and on social media. That's what scripture helps us do. Lord, I'm praying that the, the, the sword of the scripture, which is not used as a weapon against us, it's used as a way in which it helps us to understand the difference between what we want and what you want. Help us to read it. Help us to understand it. Help us to get a clearer vision of why it is that we're adjusting to correction and, 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 and instruction. It's so that we can better represent you to a world right now that needs the church to be the church like never before. So may your kingdom come and may your will be done in us as your scripture comes alive as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's weekend message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.